Today is the 27th day of October 2014. And once again, we are very grateful to have Dr. Alec Pandey with us. Namaste. And today, we want to talk about a question that is often asked. We know that uh, sincerity, aspiration, surrender, all of these things are progressive. They don't happen at once. And then we have Mother speaking to Champaklal and saying, uh, be simple, be happy, you know, just give everything to me. And then she writes, and with the candor of a child, the simplicity of a child, for whom there are no complications, give yourself to that grace and let it do everything. So the question that I'm often asked, and I'm sure the same is with you, where does personal effort end and the divine take up the work? Okay. Of course, a very interesting uh, and natural question. But uh, how I look at it is, um, it's putting the cart before the horse. <laughs> the question should be, where does grace begin and where does it end? Because uh, as I feel, understand, um, and as I have experienced things, that's an angular vision, of course. Uh, that This whole creation is a manifestation of grace. But for grace and love, there would be no creation. And every upward striving, upward movement is an act of grace. In fact, uh, one can go to another, um, another level of um, experiencing life, where what we call as upward, what we call as downward, what we call as, you know, uh, walking forward, what we call as sliding backward, are all nothing else but the varied ways in which grace works in a human being's life or in creation's life, like the pralayas and the coming up. And uh, to start with, I am reminded of this uh, line from Savitri, which I, um, which I, uh, which I phrase as Shurabindo's uh, Vedanta. Basically, it's a Vedantic truth, but uh, a truth which has been forgotten in modern times because by Vedanta, we keep thinking of one without a second, ekame vidyutyam, etc., etc. But Vedanta in action in everyday life, of our, um, where, as Shubhinda says, the twi-natured life. So, these are lines from, of course, uh, you would be knowing the secret knowledge, where he says, one who has made the world is ever its lord. Our errors are his steps upon the way. He works through the fears vicissitudes of our lives. He works through the hard breath of battle and toil. He works through our sins, our sorrows and our tears. So what, what, what really is effort to start with? What are we supposed to do if he is doing everything? So he gives us a beautiful guidance. Whatever the appearance we must bear, whatever our strong ills and present fate, when nothing we can do but drift and bail, a mighty guidance leads us still through all. And it goes on, a date is fixed yes, in, in the, the calendar, calendar of, of the, the unknown, unknown. Yes. an anniversary of the birth sublime, when the soul shall justify its checkered walk, all will come near that now is not or far. And in this context I am reminded of some of the prayers of the mother. 
at one place where she says, you know, the words are addressed to earth, where she says, poor sorrowful earth, I am in thee. Each struggle, each effort, each pang, each change of seasons, each renewals lead thee invariably towards me who am endless peace, bliss and you know it goes on. So essentially one of the first things that one realizes as one moves a little bit into the um, or rather one is moved or pushed into the yoga is that even this idea that I am doing an effort is an illusion created by nature for a certain purpose. Not that we can get rid of this illusion. It's important. So we have a feeling that I am doing the effort and with effort comes responsibility, with effort comes the, you know, all the dualities which come in. I succeeded, I failed, I had this beautiful experience, oh I am down in the dump. So with that I everything comes. So um, one of the um, interesting things is that when we speak of effort, another important element is that one, what is effort? I think a lot of effort lies in uh, cultivating what the mother has put it different, slightly differently, the art of effortlessness. In fact, she uses in another prayer, she uses this phrase and later on she has used in the agenda also that very often people think that a shortest distance between two points is a straight line. Well, it's true from a, a certain standpoint. But she says from the standpoint of yoga, it is not necessarily the wisest thing. You know, yoga moves in spirals. It moves through. It's a journey where every part is taken up. Let's take a now real life practical example. We all have different parts in us. Now, the first touch is of course the psychic for most of us. Some people can be touched through the mind or through the heart or sometimes even in the vital but let's say the psychic opens beautifully, but there are other parts which are not willing to make the necessary effort. Now what happens? The divine puts a pressure on those parts and these parts come up. Now when they come up, very often the sadhak feels that, oh, I was in such a beautiful state and you know, everything is clouded, everything has become obscure. Oh, I have, you know, I'm not even able to do any effort. I am feeling lethargic, I am feeling inert. Even this state is described by the mother that when one plunges into the material consciousness, the need for food and sleep increases. And people ask Shurabindo that I am going through this state. And Shurabindo says it's natural because the difficulties of the physical consciousness have come up. So I suppose for each part to start with, there is a different kind of progression, different kind of effort that is needed. What? Normally we mean by effort that the ability to sit in meditation for hours together, usual, or the ability to constantly remember, which is true. But if we were to do that, what will happen most likely that we will go into one small room of our being and shut ourselves there. Today itself, I had a 20 year old child and nowadays these children ask wonderful questions. You know, we were speaking about child prodigies the other day. So he asked me, and this is quite common, even 14 years, 15 years, 13 years have asked me this question, that um, I am unable to meditate. <laughs> so <laughs> I was very touched, of course. I said, at this point of time, you don't worry about meditation. 
You just sit and talk to mother. Just tell her everything that you are going through. Now, very often this won't be even recognized as an effort. I'm just trying to place, you know, the thing in context. And I'm reminded of uh, Amrita. A lot of effort takes place without her realizing it. Because grace is pushing us on the path. So when Amrita met Shurabindo, his soul, we know, was so deeply touched. We know he also had the experience of Shurabindo's coming, mm. the coming of the avatar. He had seen that ball of blue, um, blue light approach, uh, you know, as a youngster, maybe uh, nine, ten year old. And when he first time bowed down at Shurabindo's feet, then he relived that state of consciousness and then the experience again. So, uh, Amrita, when he would meet Shurabindo, he said, uh, I want some time to talk to you. And Shubhita says, all right. So Amrita says he would come back from his school or college and then he would meet Shurabindo around 5 o'clock in the evening. And one hour, he says, uh, he would keep on, you know, speaking all in his Tamil with smattering of English here and there, all his issues and problems. And later on he says that, I wonder what patience Shurabindo, what was he doing? He was just listening. And Shurabindo couldn't speak, uh, you know, fluent Tamil and he couldn't speak fluent English. And he would just listen. And yet, if we really look inside, the talk, the issues, the problems were not really the important point. The important point was that knowingly or unknowingly, he was bringing his consciousness in contact with Shurabindo's consciousness. And I think that is the essence of effort to start with. I mean, effort is not about some processes and practices. In fact, Shurabindo in yoga and its objects, again reiterates this point. He says that, you know, in traditional yoga, generally when we speak about what we have to do, we speak about so many japas, so many pranayamas, so many hours of meditation. But in our yoga, in the, he in fact uses the word Adhyatma Yoga. We have none of these things. It is a state of surrender from which we, we start. And we see that in evening talks, we see that uh, in that famous uh, you know, dialogue with Niruddha, where he says, all that we need to know is that there is a soul within and grace above. And Niruddha doesn't believe it. He says, really? Is it enough? Well, everybody has a soul within and grace is with everybody. So by that logic, everybody should be on the path of yoga. And Shubhindu says, yes, why not? Who told you that they are not? He says, in that case, it means the cat is also doing yoga. And Shubhindu says, yes, of course. She is going to, she is progressing in her own way. Exact phrase I would forget, but he actually foretold what the mother later confirmed that the cat was doing the yoga. And she took a leap uh, into a human birth, into a human birth yes. crossing the threshold of many lives. Yes. And uh, much later, very interestingly, when somebody asked um, the mother that, you know, who is doing sadhana, who is not doing sadhana, and people would often, you know, pass remarks and, uh, oh, this person has fallen, this person is not good. And the mother would say, I simply laugh. And then she says, as for me, she comes back to the context of the Swamiji of Rameshwaram actually. Mm. He has asked Satprem to do certain number of, you know, uh, sit on the floor and write 72 times, drawing a square and rectangle. And that famous Mahalakshmi Mantra, Hreem, Hreem, Hreem. So, Mother says, you know, it's not necessary to do it in a traditional way. 
you can do it sitting on a chair and then you know he says no you know he thinks that if i don't do pranam if i don't put kumkum i am fallen from the path so mother laughs and says you know this is the traditional idea and uh, as for me she says as for me i see cats and dogs and trees doing yoga i i believe that basically the to get the fundamentals right yoga is done by the divine and you know um, the bible says so the gita says so and of course uh, shubhendra the mother have made it very very clear yoga is done by the divine this is the first fundamental premise now so what really is effort about effort is to let the divine do the yoga unhindered in the first line of the mother you know it by heart yes, yes yes can you can you give it yes, to yes. because uh, that's so important yeah it's a very powerful line yes mm. there are two powers yeah there are two powers that alone can in their conjunction effect effect yeah in their the 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 great and difficult thing which thing, is the aim of aim our, of our endeavor. endeavor and the goal of our efforts a fixed, fixed and unfailing aspiration that calls from below and a supreme grace from above that answers and then it goes on it's more and more hard oh yes you know he says that do not imagine that truth and falsehood can live together so when mother was asked about this we are so fortunate that mother was asked about this and obviously many people who read this feel that they are not fit for yoga to start with <laughs> very first condition fixed and unfailing aspiration so mother says that you know it is not this way that he has meant it and she explains it very beautifully now what happens with mother and shobindo some of these words that there is a state of consciousness which shobindo has put into those words and they are also addressed to a certain state of consciousness so they are not words versus words they are not something happening in the mind of a sadhak and certain words going to correct that's how human as human beings you know we would relate so when mother says makes a statement it's not a judgment it's not just a you know superficial statement but from the very depths so for instance again uh, i bring that other letter which is equally hard hitting where he says that um, uh, those famous six cardinal defects of the vital nature and then he says everyone must choose to be on this side or that Now, the problem with taking it out of context is that everybody begins to believe he's on the side of truth you know <laughs> when mother mother says you know everybody here believes uh, cling to truth they should cling to truth and they all believe that they are on the side of truth and then the mother laughs and says but what to do i am only responsible i have only put it there cling to truth but they don't understand that truth is supreme harmony it is something far beyond the ordinary human intellect so what shurbindo says there is in a certain context and the context is that we should know that that's where we have to arrive at but the moment we try to strain ourselves the you see we take it as a kind of judgment passed on human nature by shurbindo am i in this state yeah am i in this state no i am not <clears throat> so that means i am mm. i am not fit uh, this is where we need to have course correction that as you have rightly at the very beginning that you know it's a progressive thing now how does one progress towards it interestingly through both kinds of experience on one side when we are in this beautiful state we very often discover the joy the beauty the peace the harmony that our whole being experiences 
and when our nature does things which is contrary to the yoga then we also experience the fall from that state of grace if i may use the word that we were experiencing now initially very interesting why why i'm saying this that you know i my discovery is that it is only the grace which arranges the play and we get this feeling that we are doing it so initially we see that our life is divided into two one part which aspires very beautifully the other part is very happy with its unconsciousness and doesn't even know that it is unconscious so we read these are very beautiful words we are very happy reading them and we just say ah so wonderful or we say oh i am not but the life carries on then after a while first the divine holds this part very very solidly so that we don't slip away you know he holds us as somebody said by the choti <laughs> so we don't slip away <laughs> then he starts putting pressure on those part now you see who is putting pressure the divine he makes us aware to start with this is a unconscious movement who makes us conscious the light of the divine then he awakens in us the urge that no this is not consistent with what i am here for who makes us conscious makes the will come up the divine i can't say that suddenly at one point of time i became conscious it is the divine who pushed me to a point where i became conscious now supposing uh, i discard the guidance and say no i want to go my own way so he has other tricks up his sleeve then he gives first a little gentle shake up so we see no 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 this this is not sincerity this something which now actually if you look behind he makes us conscious of what is unconscious in us he gives us the urge to get rid of unconsciousness eventually gives us the strength eventually gives us the experiences through which our whole consciousness begins to understand that look i have to make a decisive choice which is where the first part comes and eventually he clears the ground and we enter into a state of constant aspiration so really speaking if one looks back one understand that it's the grace which is playing the whole thing and the master act that we need to do is to truly surrender now that's where i feel is the biggest effort at one place mother says one should not put too much intensity even in the effort to seek thee the intensity itself becomes a veil yes. shobindo says the same thing in synthesis of yoga yes. when he speaks about the utsaha he says there should not be vyakulta you know too much of restless turbulence in fact he says even the desire to see thee i have seen even today i have uh, you know a correspondence where somebody writes somebody who wanted to have a vision of the divine and obviously it's a at one level it's a very touching aspiration but at another level it's not something which is granted just like that i'm i'm not speaking of uh, certain godheads or divine in certain forms uh, you know but but really vision of the divine which mother speaks of that twice she had vision of the supreme it's not an easy aspiration now one goes through and then suddenly after a while uh, this person and this is a common story says no no i want to abandon all this i want to abandon the yoga i want to abandon the divine whatever form he was praying and i want to leave all this and lead a simple life now you know this happens because we start putting too much intensity in the effort and we believe that the result will be in proportion to our effort and i think this is a big mistake what is needed is to learn to trust to surrender more and more and if we can do it right from the very beginning 
we'll see that it is the divine who is carrying us it is the grace will which is carrying us and then we have to learn to keep transferring so there is nothing like a point where effort ends and grace steps in i would rather say it is grace that makes us aspire you know he who has chosen the infinite has been chosen, has been by, chosen the by in fact the mother was asked this question also and she says if you look at from the uh, human point of view humans will say i aspired and i felt the call and i went you know most of the people would describe this is how it is i read a book and you know i came to pondicherry and i went and then you know i felt to like doing yoga etc etc but she says if you look from the divine point of view it is always the divine who comes first so it is he who called he who inspired he who awakened the urge and there is a moment for everything and he plays the shots through the unfolding of time so at the end of this wonderful chapter the four eights he says the last eight is time to learn to wait is to put time on your side and i think a lot of effort of the yoga is to learn the joy or the master art or the supreme science of effortlessness what of those who turned away from shri arbindo and mother mother says herself she answered that i hold myself responsible for each one i've seen for each one who i have seen even for a moment of course the scene is not just physical scene right it extends her seeing is not a physical sight and then she says even those who have revolted and gone away because see for the divine if you really look for a moment for us humans living in ignorance we see divine separate i separate you separate the you know other creation separate the god separate the titan separate for the divine all is nothing else but his extension in time and space he calls the last shot and that's something very beautiful about shirbindo very often people say you know long back somebody had asked me as an aside that you know shirbindo is not dealt with the problem of evil fully as fully as buddha and others have done so i had to say that i am sorry i think nobody has dealt with it as fully as shobindo in fact shobindo ultimately passes on or rather takes the burden of evil back to the divine when he says that you know it's the infinite in the life divine he speaks about that the last duality which we have to cross and transcend is the duality of good and or divine and undivine and the mother put it very beautifully she says you know in that both are united this is there in agenda as well as volume 11 notes on the way she says but see later added as a footnote they both change what as human beings we experience it they change themselves and are integrated in that one consciousness so i think uh, we have to learn to trust and take it that it is the divine who is like start with this axiomatic truth let me put it like that the divine does the yoga the grace accomplishes the yoga the grace fulfills the yoga so what is my effort in that case my effort is and all effort should converge towards this that actually it is grace doing the yoga in between i have to go through the illusion of effort and during that phase my effort should be to hinder least possible the action of grace now all the practices that are advocated in yoga for instance one of them is uh, quietude what is quietude to allow intuition to develop 
Many times in life things happen, appearances are so contrary to what we expected. Now if we wait in quietude, we will pass through that moment and discover the hand of grace. Otherwise people turn away because it's a simple thing like quietude. So what is the effort of quietude? It's to let grace act. Very often, same thing with the vital. She says people who do work and they think they are doing a lot of effort. Morning to night they are working for the mother. This is one of the <laughs> common catches. Working for ego <laughs> in the mother's environment would be perhaps more appropriate. But that apart. <laughs> but they believe that they are working for the mother. Now the problem is, she says in one of the prayers, the power of the vital must be, uh, we must not trust. The vital is a great deceiver. It makes us believe that we are doing things when we are actually doing nothing but spoiling the play. I even take this simile and you see the other day I had watched this uh, exhibition was here on uh, mother in the sports ground. Uh, I, I don't know whether you know anyone saw it or not but the beauty of that exhibition was you see the mother with a tennis racket, you see the mother with little children, you see the mother walking. At the end of the uh, exhibition the line that flashed into my mind was look she did the yoga for us all. Uh, simply by being and playing among us. It's amazing. What kind of yoga is this? Playing tennis? Yoga. Now, what she was really teaching for life to be centered around the divine and not to interfere. The divine will do everything. Similarly in the vital, if we do too much, you know, rush with that Vyakulta and almost over enthusiasm, we'll we trip and then very often you know people who are too much effort oriented say you know I put so much effort for so many years I got nothing. Well precisely because the effort became a veil. I was relying too much on my effort. The same thing we see with the physical body. It's being recognized very interestingly in every field. Uh, you know other thing which comes is uh, you know we I just thought I could touch is balance and moderation. So now we have found that if you do physical exercises too much, it is as harmful as doing too little. You know, people get heart attacks uh, because they are doing too much uh, cardio. Yeah, we talked. Uh, yeah, we talked about yes, it, and yes. now you know it's being recognized because uh, you know behind this there is a tendency to uh, compress time rather than relying on the eternal. And it also reminds me of, again, we spoke about the gods and the titans the other, other mm -hmm. day. And you see, who has ever done more tapasya than the titans? If you take the Indian mythological stories, all the tapasvis whose tapasya we hear, really terrible tapasya effort, are the titans. The rishis, normally you will hear that, you know, they, they took God's name. They, you know, spoke about the Vedas. Very simple. And they opened to a higher light. They manifested the mantras. But the asuras did lot of tapasya. But this tapasya only ended up creating a gigantic ego. So, again, when we refine our taste, refine our vital. Why? Because the mother will act better on a refined vital. If we don't do it, she will have to do it for us, but then we will get the blows and we won't like it. So to start with, the first truth is grace does the yoga. Effort is not that one day grace will take over. Grace is there. There is no, 
even if there is not a single personal effort, one who is destined for yoga, why the grace chooses, we don't know. Mm -hmm. And it's best to leave it as mystery. Trying to explain it is to, you know, enter a domain where reason doesn't work. Why suddenly Jagai and Madai, you know, is a story with Shurvinda Kotes. Two drunkards who used to enjoy notorious criminals. And it's a very interesting story and Shurvinda quotes about it. Uh, he says that, you know, the story is that uh, they used to disturb and trouble everybody. So once Nityanand, who was a disciple of um, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Shubhinda has spoken of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu as an Anshavtar of Krishna. And, uh, you know, they threw something at him and Nityanand got hurt. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu came to know of it and he came rushing and he was suddenly in that state of consciousness of Krishna where he would bring the chakra and finish them off. Because, you know, his disciple, his child has been hurt. But then Nityananda made a very interesting remark. He said, Prabhu, Lord, forgive them. Prabhu, forgive them. You have asked me to see Narayana everywhere. I see Narayana in them also. Forgive them. Now this compassion that he brought suddenly hit them very hard. And they got converted. And converted into beautiful beings. The story of Valmiki. Why Grace would come to Ratnakar? What effort had he put except... Uh, you know, uh, he, he was not just a pickpocket, a murderer and a robber, Angulimal, many stories of uh, spiritual life and authentic stories and they have a sanction from Shirobindo. So they are not just, you know, stories which myths which people believe in. Now, when we look at these stories, we just wonder even for that matter, Arjuna, this is a question that uh, um, somebody asked even um, Nalida. This was told to me by someone who was in attendance of Nolida. So the person asked Nolida that Nolida, why did Gita was given to, why was the Gita given to Arjuna? So Nolida didn't say anything. Then they had a discussion among themselves. So there were two camps. One camp which said Gita was, it was, you know, no other choice just because, you know, he happened to be a very skilled warrior. That's why. And the other camp, you know, no, no, I don't know why, because he was a big flirt. I mean, he married uh, three, four persons, whatever. So then suddenly Nalnida, uh, he used to be in his own state and suddenly he made a remark. As if he was aware of everything, but as if unconcerned. And he says, uh, Nana, Shaito Grace is open chilo. Now this opening... It's amazing that the man, 100,000 defects, but he is open to grace. Now, what is the effort required to open? This is the effort Shirobindo asks again and again, open to the grace. This is something very amazing. Also, when we speak about, you know, the uh, certain writings of Madhra and Shirobindo, we have to also put in the context of timeline. If you read Synthesis and others, uh, of course, surrender is all over, spread out. Uh, but we know the letters on the mother were one of the first letters which were written. You know, when people asked naturally who is the mother oh, and she. it was established. But over a period of time, as mother started taking the burden that divine love alone can take, more and more of everybody's sadhana, the refrain changed to remain open to the mother. So, you know, when the one which you quoted, be simple, yes. be happy, yes. dara, Dara with whom mother used to give money for smoking. So Dara 
asked mother, mother, what work shall I do? And mother said, you remain happy, be happy. So after two or three days, Dara comes and says, mother, this is a very difficult work. <laughs> Give me something else. He was an amazing person, you know, uh, coming from a royal family. So he would hold a cigarette in one hand and mosquito coil in two feet and one hand to keep away the mosquitoes. And he will meditate in that state. This was, you know, it's amazing. Um, there are people who have told me amazing story of uh, mother's love. Now, why she did that? Of course, as children, we should not misuse this love. There's no doubt about it. The mother doesn't love us less because of that. But it's also to look at it that, well, the grace is doing everything for us. At least that's how I have understood or felt. That I feel what a horrible human being I would be. If in gratitude, I do not do even this much because she is doing everything. And sometimes I am amazed from the most material to the most inmost thing, she does it. And I know this is true of everyone. It's just a question of looking carefully because one way is to explain by material circumstances. Other is to see the hand of grace. So I think subsequently, over the period of time, Sri himself started speaking about openness, receptivity, faith, surrender, devotion. Post-1956, even more. The entire yoga of physical transformation, Satrem asked Mother, Mother, how are we supposed to do it? She says, but who is asking you to do it? My child, I am doing it for yes. you. So if we take all these statements in a certain context, not only of people, but also timeline, because integral yoga, we have to understand that it's a yoga which is evolving. It was never a fixed yoga for all times. So that's one great challenge to, uh, you know, not give a very fixed and rigid uh, meaning to Shurabindu and the mother's words. It, it will be a very dangerous thing. And the mother pointed out that, you know, it will end up making a religion. Yeah. And you can make a very hard religion out of it. Also, you know, like, as you said, the first one. Persist, fixed and unfailing aspiration that calls from below. If you take that criteria, 99% of the people would be out of the ashram. <laughs> Even that very sweet story about uh, plastic flowers that Champagla tells us. Beautiful. Beautiful. One example. Yeah, one example, which uh, I'll just recount the story since you mentioned Champaklalji says that how difficult it is to judge things based on even if you have closely observed the mother's actions. So he says that there was a time when mother did not like, again like in inverted, artificial flowers. So if somebody gave it, she would just pass it on and you know if you were close enough, you could make out that you know she's not happy about it. She says but later on, he observed, Champaklalji observed that when people started making, you know, the way industry grew up and they started making really beautiful flowers and well done and they would give it to mother. Mother would look at them, appreciate it very much and the whole approach changed. So Champaklalji says that supposing at that point of time, I suddenly went away and came back much later and saw that people were keeping plastic flowers, then I would say that they are not doing the mother's bidding. Mother herself has said, that never say, you know, go by uh, mother said this, mother said so, mother does not like it, mother likes this. And she says that if people say this, do not listen to it. Don't make a rule. Don't make a rule of it. 
so i suppose at one level everyone has to navigate one's way and there is no how to do it it's a real adventure in time and space and i love this phrase when mother said i call to the great adventure because it allows such a freedom and vastness she didn't fix it even into the word yoga she said it's an adventure evolutionary adventure and savitri yeah. calling the adventure of consciousness, consciousness and, and joy, joy. and there is a great delight in it and several times you know it serves as a course correction when you observe that you know there is a difficulty you are struggling with and of course you know the grace and then you regard that you know these are universal issues we have to struggle with this aspect of nature because you know uh, the mother has chosen to carry us to that you know new and promised land if i may use the word of course it's an inner state and the the change which will take place so one has to go through this a passage so in the evolutionary passage each one will encounter his own difficulties resistances but the saving grace is again grace surrender and even if all the rest is forgotten i think faith and surrender will carry us through the main effort which is at rejection part is wonderful if one can have it but the big difficulty and mother corrected this much later or rather pointed out that you know a better way is to offer it for transformation offer it to the light because then people who do it very often they don't reject they shove it under the carpet they sit over it and develop the illusion that look i have rejected things from my nature i am a great sadhak the next thing is so and so is horrible look at this look at that not realizing that one is going very very far away from the vastness of their embrace so i think it's a very very tricky thing and the sooner we can realize that it is grace that is working my effort itself is an act of grace the better it is the safer is the path a friend of mine now in her 70s told me something mother once surprised her with mother said never suppress express yes now you know if you <laughs> if you take it this way <laughs> you remind me of shirobindo's tantric uh, writing which has not come out i think in the collected works mm-hmm. maybe it will come out in his sanskrit writings now but it was published in mother india and people who have read it have been absolutely shaken he says without consideration of good and evil <laughs> he invokes kali surrendering to her and then kali rushes and what should he see she does she slays the idea of virtue and vice it's if you read it i think you have read it so it's amazing very powerful now see so each one obviously you know every sentence every statement you know people can take it as a means of justification yes they can which is dangerous self deception is the biggest danger in yoga they can take it as a means for licentiousness but the right way to take it is take it is that 90% is done by grace 9% or 9.99% by nature 0.001% consent of the sadhak i am slightly altering what is written in savitri man is a dynamo for god's work yes 
नेचर डज मोस्ट इन हिम गॉड द हाई रेस्ट सो वॉट इज अवर रोल ओनली अवर सोल्स कंसेंट इज अवर रोल यू नो कमिंग बैक टू दैट स्टोरी सो निरोधा आस्ट शिवरबिंदो दैट यू नो यू स्पीक अबाउट द कैट कैट साधक वेज विच रामाकृष्ण ऑल्सो सेट बट ही ऑल्सो सेट दैट यू नो इट इज नॉट इजी एंड द कैट हैज टू डू ए लॉट ऑफ एफर्ट जस्ट टू रिमेन सो शिवरबिंदो सेज हुएवर सेट दैट आई एम नॉट अवेयर दैट श्री रामाकृष्ण सेट दैट and if it does that then it will not be a cat but a monkey imitating to be a cat <laughs> you know it's amazing but it comes by kind of a grace and i think a point comes in everybody's life when one realizes that it is not my personal effort it is something else which acts from behind and if i can acknowledge it with gratitude wonderful if i can do my bit not to hinder it wonderful if i can lay bare all of my being in front of that with an aspiration to change it mold it the way you want and at its own time then super wonderful so that's the direction of the effort surrender acknowledging grace gratitude offering and then to go through i think two things that mother insisted so much uh, towards the latter part endurance and faith yes and you know the more one grows the more one understands the meaning of this word to start with we think endurance is only about something external happening outside me but when the change begins to take place and then you see within your nature there are spots which just resist now what is to be done at that point of time then you understand the deeper sense of endure and have the faith you will go through that you will go through whatever you know pain has to come in the process of evolution and at that point again you have to hold on with faith that she will carry she is carrying us she is doing all this to change our nature into a beautiful being and the endurance and faith takes a very different shape i mean at first it's something external but actually it's about your own nature and the journey sometimes one passes through a very narrow gorge so stifling mother spoke about it it can be physical one can experience it at the most physical level and then open to grace and it vanishes so it's a ongoing process to endure and have faith it's a very unique and beautiful aspect of your personality and your yoga that you have seen it in this way quite different from many other people and uh, i'm grateful that we've had this evening thank, thank you so much it's a grace <laughs> thank you